Hello, everyone. Welcome to another installment of our uh, Energy and Transition series. I'm Peter Warren. Uh, just to remind you, I'm the Global Industry Lead for CGI here. Uh, and uh, so my job is to help what we do around the world with our clients. Uh, over 30 years experience in the energy and utility industry. Uh, and uh, as you all know, better than I do, because uh, you're frontline in so much of this, is we're going through a lot of changes and we're going to be discussing a few of those key points today based on uh, feedback from a voice of our client survey that we did this year, where we actually interviewed uh, uh, 1,500 different uh, clients in different industries uh, and uh, actually got some pretty good insights, uh, uh, rather radical insights in some cases on changes in the industry and how things are moving forward. Uh, today, my guest is uh, Patrick, and uh, Patrick, over to you just to give a quick intro of yourself. Hey, thank you, Peter. I'm Patrick Mardell. I am the DCA, Director Client Executive in Energy and Utilities in south of Sweden, and I have been spending my last 25 years working with companies like Aeon and uh, Fortum in the Nordics. And I'm here since... One year and uh, doing my best to to help uh, customers, clients across the Nordics to to take part of the transition needed. Uh, thanks. We love having people join uh, from the industry because we only know what we know, and you come in with a whole new set of uh, skills and insights, and we'll, we'll probe those today. Um, just a bit of a, a, a background for the audience. This year's um, Voice of the Client, we actually had a few uh, sort of major things from a macro trends. So uh, fighting against climate uh, uh, change was a clear uh, trend this year, certainly with the st uh, fires and things we've had in, uh, in Canada and around the world and the flooding, we see the uh, cause and effect of uh, what's going forward. Uh, also, there's a huge investment into technology uh, to drive digital acceleration uh, and the changing social demographics that we're all facing, the difficulty of hiring staff and getting people was a, a key, key things as well. Uh, regulations uh, constantly moving. We'll talk about those today. And the shift in the world uh, economic order. So uh, impacts from both the war in the Ukraine, um, uh, legacy issues with uh, Brexit, uh, and even uh, the, the ongoing things with China. Uh, it's uh, definitely been a different uh, year for us uh, moving forward. Um, but uh, just sort of kicking it off into the uh, subjects here, um, What's your sort of view, Patrick, of uh, the trends that you see moving forward? Well, if, if I look at it from a European perspective, which is my home territory, I would say that there is, there is quite a rush at the moment. Everybody wants to do a lot of things at the same time. Uh, industry is changing. Customer behavior is changing. Technology is, is, is getting more and more important. And absolutely, data, data will be the key source for for making decisions, good data, good decisions, quite a quite a normal uh, combination, and uh, not only keeping data but collecting the right data and making sure to use it in the right way. And I think, to be to be honest, I think that the the challenge at the moment can be prioritization because at the end of the day, there is too many things to do, and 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 then you need to make some, you know, some some short lists and make decisions on, on what to start with and what to actually put on hold. Yeah. That is one thing that I'm thinking of. The second thing, coming back to your, your your intro about the voice of our clients, is that the clients are also in a position where they are uh, currently looking for 
very much new competences. There is a competence assurance issue across the industry. Uh, at the same time, the industry wants to keep the very well-educated and very experienced colleagues, uh, but they also need to add on top of that new experience, new knowledge. Uh, and that is quite a challenge. Yeah, I think that that's a key component of what we were looking at is the changing demographics is a key component. And when you hit on the data one, so let's explore that a little bit from the data that we had from the voice of the client. Um, when we asked uh, where people were going to be investing over the next three years, uh, not surprising, uh, data uh, management and governance and data quality were very high, well in the 80s, 86 and 84% were saying these are the areas. Um, and I think that when we talk to our folks that do a lot of stuff in AI, uh, as well as the IoT industry, you have to have you have to be standing on solid ground if you're going to be doing <laughs> any kind of work. So it's not surprising there. And the other big area is the five key points of where they want to put it forward. They want to do better intelligence and decision making. AI certainly fits yeah. into that. Uh, they want to automate more of their engineering. They want to drive more engineering insights. So they're looking for better data. Machine learning fits into that, but also just uh, better aspects of moving forward. They're also looking for better scenarios for managing their operations and just, just simply stuff to make uh, decision-making uh, cleaner. And I think in your experience, you've sort of seen that as well in your uh, past career and what you're working on today. Mm. I think you're. I think you're right. It's it's getting more and more interesting to discuss the data issue with the clients. Uh, you could you could say that the energy sector has been almost uh, early adopters with data because you could not run energy production without good data. You cannot distribute power in cable and wires without good data. So all all back in the you know 50s, 60s, and 70s already, data was quite a big thing in the industry. And uh, we, who have been working for a long time in the energy sector, we have always said we are good with data. But now you can see new data coming up because now there is the half-hourly meter, there is the, the data based on, on customer behavior, uh, and actually propensity to do things. You know, how would you predict something to happen when when people are are putting solar pvs on the roof and having their electrical car charged at their home and all of these disturbances or what you can call them <laughs> is is interacting with with the grid and with a with a system that was well established for almost 100 years so yes we we and i'm talking as a person from the industry we have always been fascinated in you utilizing the data we have but i think there is there is a new there is a new sheriff in town <laughs> there is new data that we need to put in combination with the old data to make sure that the, that we work in enough efficient way and 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 actually actually at the end of the day meet the big targets climate targets as well as other targets i think it's not an uh, easy task is it no, and 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 I know when I'm talking with folks in the industry, there's no lack of data. Uh, it goes back to your earlier question about prioritization and things like that. Is there's almost too much data, and what do I do with it? Um, and and the whole aspect of having data quality, we just talked about. It's really knowing, uh, and I love this quote from one of our folks: is having trusted data to do a trusted action. 
And so if you don't trust the data, you're not going to do the action. And uh, this is now picking up the, the pace. And the concept of AI, quite frankly, has been a long time in energy and utilities. We've used it from machine learning. We've used it from a variety of aspects. But it's now sort of the buzzword. I think what's now happening is, and you talked about this too, uh, Patrick, is looking at different data sources. So there's the data I, I have, but also now with new tools, scraping data from other websites, scraping data from other components, looking at customer care and the, and the desire to uh, service customers differently. How do you sort of see that evolving? Well, you're absolutely up my alley because I was always, uh, as, as, a, as an employee in the energy sector, I was working with a customer and a customer, both B2C and B2B customers. And the trend that I can see, and I would probably just re repeat what everybody already knows, is that the engagement from the customer side uh is much higher and it's it's driven by many factors one of them can be the the new smart products that you can wear like the the iWatch or, or or any phone or whatever tool you have in your home smart home it, this drives your engagement level and of course makes people much more interested then you have all of these smart vehicles you have the electrified homes that is used to be only turning your light on, but all of a sudden you you can do much more, much much more. So I think at the end of the day there is a, there is a tough decision to be made, and that is how much are you willing to to sacrifice from your from your own decision making? Let me put it in this way: I'm I've been told that I should should implement more technology in my home because I can learn and live according to price. Uh, priced uh, peaks and so on on the power situation but actually i'm not prepared to do that if i want to cook dinner at 6 p.m i want to cook dinner i have kids that are hungry and i don't i don't plan cooking or maybe doing the washing or something like that based on on, on only on electricity pricing so i i think it's a difficult discussion to to have and and it's also not so easy like i tried to say before this has not happened before peter this this is things that are happening right now. And many of us, even we call ourselves experienced, are not experienced in this area. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I, try, I consider myself a bit of a geek and have done a smart home and different things like that. But uh, the same thing comes along uh, when you want to do the dishes and you need to have them done because people are coming over, you're going to run the dishwasher. Uh, and if mm -hmm. it's at, uh, in Canada, 43 cents, if I'm paying the highest rate, then it's 43 cents. <laughs> That's what you pay. But that yeah. doesn't really help the curtailment thing. So I think where we see within the Durham's, the Durham's, and you just sort of mentioned a whole thing about smart homes and stuff. Durham's has gotten very complicated. They talk about in, in the utility and outside the utility, and you've got all of the people that are doing consolidation of energy and, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, do, uh, doing, uh, curtailment as, as, as a service, this has really gotten beyond the point of just being a simple uh, problem. But, but as an operator of the utility, all of those are now impacts to you. So uh, the grid itself, I know this is not truly your area of expertise, but from a customer service standpoint, how do you see all of that impacting through to the grid, uh, the, these types of things you just sort of brought up a second ago? Yeah, well, I, I, to be honest, I think that the, the, the problem that I see, and that is a bit of a of a of a mental problem, because at the moment, at least in the Scandinavian market, prices are pretty low. So after one year of extremely high pricing, and engagement was of course high because everybody was upset with the fact that it was so expensive. 
And now you can see prices are going down and all immediately energy as a topic of interest or energy as an engagement uh, thing goes down. So from a customer point of view or customer service point of view, I think we need to be more aware that these topics or how can I put it these utilities yeah, utilities are, are a good word right if they are if they are running smooth at the decent level of costs for a family of four then I think we need to do other things and 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 for me personally and that is maybe a bit of an example only for me engagement grew dramatically even though I worked in the industry for 25 years but as soon as I put solar PV on my roof and got myself an electrical car all of a sudden, this makes much, much more sense. And I think you, Peter, are the same with your technology in your home and stuff like that. But what if you live in a two-bedroom flat in the city center and, and you commute by bus or, or, or bike to your work and stuff like that? That, that might be a different story then. Uh, and then I think we need to talk to the real estate companies and help them as a client segment to, to develop and utilize all of the data what is actually available. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting uh, point you bring up because we're not all cookie cutter. Um, we're not all living in a four bedroom bungalow someplace. Um, so I think that that's a, an interesting one. Now, certainly in the in, uh, uh, we've applied a lot of smart chatbot to the influx of people calling. Certainly, when uh, energy pricing rose in Germany uh, and other places around the world, there was a huge. Uh, influx. So bringing in intelligent chat box to help people work through what the pricing would be and offload the call center was important to still provide service. But I think we can also look as a as an industry to what's happening in the insurance industry. So in the insurance industry, uh, when you call in and say, hey, I'm, I'm Patrick and I live here and this is what my family looks like, I'd like a better rate. What we're working on in that area is there's the core data they know. In other words, we talked about data quality before. There's rock solid data that they know and understand that they're going to build a rate for you on. But they also dynamically mm. scrape uh, what's happening uh, for a person your age uh, of uh, with a family like yours living where you live and, and look at what their competition is doing and actually can actually see what the rates are and actually tailor a plan for you. And now the AI, and this is one of the beliefs we have in AI and CGI, is that AI is all about making a smarter person more empowered to make the right decision, giving yes. that agent, in this case, the decision to say, okay, Patrick, actually, if I look at you and everything else, I think you'd be much better here on this uh, yes. uh, program versus that program. Um, do you see the utility markets uh, being ready for that type of thing? I think you I think you're you're right when you're spotting that this is already happening like in telecom I've seen it in, in you know television amusement all of these industries and like insurance banking maybe I think you're right it 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 has to come it, and it will come also here maybe we are not yet you used to that kind of uh, dialogue we are we are still struggling sometimes with the with only the price discussion not the the different uh, pricing schemes or, or tariff package deals. I don't know if that will happen, but I, but I can foresee that at least a, a part of, of the population are already there, are already mentally there and are already prepared for that kind of, of dialogue. And, and coming back to examples in my, in my near you know, colleagues at work or, or friends and family that, that I meet regularly, we have now discussions on storage, Peter how to store capacity, how to store and actually either use it later or sell back. 
And, and that, that discussion, I think, was not even present two years ago. And now it's down to normal people with a little bit of technology interest. How can I store and postpone the outtake? And, and how can I supervise my own, let's say, uh, usage of, of power? And actually, at the end of the day, possibly be even uh, could be off-grid. I don't know if that's possible. I'm, I don't know. I'm not that techy that I don't that I know. But I would like to see if that's possible with my solar PV on the roof, and at the same time, what if I, as an industry or a small school building or whatever, what if I can be off grid? That would be quite cool, I think, because then I'm really, uh, how can I say? I don't have to rely on on, on infrastructure that is owned by somebody else. I can I can trust myself and my own house and home. But of course, at the end of the day, this this comes back to money, right? And we are in, in a bit of a recession at the moment, at least in Europe, and maybe worldwide. I don't know how it how it's everywhere. But, but this is, of course, struggling times for many people. So it's easy to sit here and say, in, invest, invest, invest. But to be honest, I think that's the way forward, Peter. Investment needs to be done from a personal, private financial situation into new technology, but also into the real estate investors and into the energy company. They have huge investments to be made. And we as a company are more than prepared, I would say, even more than prepared to to su- support that kind of investment and help them. Well, I, I think you summarized it very, very uh, clearly. It's all about investment. And I, I love a quote. Uh, I'm not sure who to attribute it to, but new technology always eats old. Uh, the CD player was eaten, ate, ate the cassette player and DVDs ate the CD player and so on. And then, of course, now we have streaming and who has a DVD player anymore? Nobody, uh, unless you have a collection of stuff. Um, and so new technology always eats it. And there's, But there is this sort of belief persistence that out there is that the only way to do things is this way because we've always done it. And in the energy utility industry, there's some good reason for that because that's a proven way to make sure it doesn't catch fire and doesn't blow up. <laughs> Um, that's yeah. the way we've done it. And also it gets into security uh, because everything you talked about has, a, has talked about trust. Well, trust is security and, and connections uh, and moving forward. And so this whole idea of as we move forward, people are concerned about, hey, we should add AI, but AI adds another element of potential security risk, depending on what you're doing. Uh, what's your sort of view on that sort of confluence where everything's sort of coming together, and you, but you still have to keep everything safe and secure? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think you are actually using exactly the words what is written in the in the in the books of of uh, regulations of of power and distribution of power. At least in in the Swedish uh, country, it says uh, to run a power company, you need to be, make sure that you can supply a safe and secure uh, delivery, right? Because if you cannot, you are not uh, obligated. You cannot get your license to, to operate, more or less. Um, and I think at the end of the day, making too much disturbance on these things like safety and security and safe supply means also that there is no shortage. There is no power cuts. I mean, if you run a hospital or a production line or somewhere, you don't. I talked to a client just a couple of days ago, and they were more they were more worried that their production line would be out of power than enemies would like to steal their know-how. You know what I mean? Mm. So actually a power cut would be more or, or even a cyber cyber attack or something 
disturbing the production line is more disturbing even financially than somebody would make a threat to to them as a company uh, so so i think i think that's quite important to put all these aspects in in one and you are right we are in an industry where the product we sell and distribute and what we support is is quite uh, as an infrastructure it's quite important for a country to be on the feet yeah, uh, sovereignty uh, is a big thing in energy security. It, it is a national concern now. So I agree with you there. Well, uh, just to wrap up, um, you know, one of the things we also picked up from the voice of the client, then I'll uh, give you the last word, Patrick, on your thoughts here. Uh, issues, the four areas that we saw clients needing to focus in on is one, cultural alignment, uh, having the C-suite, the executives, the uh, VPs, the directors, the management, and the people in the field all singing the same song. Uh, we see where mm -hmm. people are uh, succeeding to energy transition. It's really the whole company understands the direction they're going, and it's it's in line. Where we see people having problems, they were really having a, a, a cultural problem, and the organization alignment, uh, which is really number two, just wasn't really getting them there. First off, they have to believe they can change. Second, they have to organize it. Uh, we'd already talked about this uh, quality of data at pace and scale. Uh, it's not just having data, it's being able to use it at speed. That was the third key point. Um, and having security baked in, that's a quote from uh, our uh, chief security officer, uh, having security baked into everything you do. But now ESG really has to be baked into everything you do because mm. people care about the source and the quality of electricity, particularly if I'm going to supply it to an industry like the green steel industry or some other spot. People care now as a society where their energy comes from. So any sort of last words and all that, and I'll let you wrap it up, Patrick. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the the voice of our client, what we what we do every year, and and the wrap up of that is really a golden nugget, because that brings so much attention to the to the prioritized topics, right? And if I want to wrap it up, I would probably say three three things. And and one is, of course, always the same. Change takes time, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It has to be done step by step. Even if you work in a more agile environment. It takes a little bit of time. So, so prepare for, there is no big bang. There is no, no uh, big stuff happening on Friday afternoon, but, but, but it's hard work and it takes a little bit of time. But at the same time, number two, no time to wait. There is absolutely no time to wait. It's crucial to get started because you will have to make so many mistakes on the way and, or what, what actually the word fail, you know, the word fail, Peter, mm -hmm. it stands for first attempt in learning right so fail is the first attempt in learning that is number two no time to wait just get on with it get involved with some trusted partners and make sure you do some failing because it has to be done and last but not least and we talked about this already you can make as many top three or top five lists as you like you need to make those decisions what comes first what has to wait in line and what will have to be maybe even to a position where it's not happened and that can lead to another part, which is actually colliding with the culture of the industry. Because honestly, uh, in the industry, when I was, was there, not as a, as a client executive at CGI, we were used to getting all of our favorite topics done, right? I mean, that if it was important, it was done. Now there are so many things that is important, and I'm not sure uh, that everything will be done, and not at the same time. So prioritization, I would say, is my last 
word, actually. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and expertise. Until next time, everyone, thank you very much. Mm-hmm.